Hello, it's Sam here from Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam, and we're back again today with a very special podcast, which is with James Holden. Now, James is the founder of Wolf Productions, which builds bespoke websites for all sorts of organisations and, uh, and also small businesses, initiatives, campaigns, you name it, James has done it. Um, he started the business in 2001, and he has gone from strength to strength uh, from then on, and one of the things I think you'll find in this conversation is the fact that James adds massive amounts of value in terms of his commercial awareness and his marketing insights. I think you'll discover that as we go through this episode. So it's it's a really good fun one. It's part one of two. And uh, I just hope that you'll enjoy it. I think you will. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. So without further ado, I'll introduce myself introducing James. Enjoy. So welcome everybody to another Meander with uh, Sally and Sam. Today we are really privileged to have a special guest who will be talking to us uh, about websites and and much else besides, I I feel. Uh, And that is James Holden, who uh, is the owner of Wolf Productions, a website uh, building uh, company. And, And James actually has, well, a lot of insights into a whole number of subjects which we will be exploring with you throughout this podcast but we promise to try and keep it to an hour in total over two episodes but I think it'll be fascinating. James without further ado I'd like to just allow you to introduce yourself and uh, what it is you actually do and perhaps even where you've come from. How, how have you got to where you are and what you're doing today? Thank you Sam and welcome. Um, thank you for inviting me on your on your meandering podcast Sam and Sally. Um, so yeah James Holden from Wolf Productions. As Sam uh, kindly introduced me we create bespoke websites. Um, we do it by putting ourselves in the shoes of a business and really understanding what they need to achieve from their website rather than just ticking a box and having a website because everyone else has got a website and not really thinking about the ultimate why behind their website which come which stems from the ultimate why of the of the business really um so that's where that's how we think about websites when we're building one it's it's kind of you know thinking what does somebody want to achieve from their business what are their objectives what are their goals and reverse engineering it so that we can target their ideal clients but so it really when some when an ideal client resonates and lands on their on their website it um it it does what it says on the tin and actually um you know generates inquiries you know uh customers sales and money which ultimately you know if you're in business you need to make money that's that's you know that's that's you can't pay the bills without it so yeah that's where we come from it's very results orientated um from a from a background point of view um i started the business back in 2001 uh, i studied web design at uni um came out of uni and started the business straight away did not have a clue how to run a business but knew how to build a website um but the main the main reason behind the business really was that i didn't want a boss uh, i felt from a creative point of view if i was being told what to do all the time it would it would stifle my creativity um and i just liked the idea of working for myself and i was 19 and i didn't have any responsibilities so i just thought hey ho there's my there's my business plan i'll just work for myself and see what happens and and talk to people about the fact i can build them a website and just work it out as i go along um best decision i've ever made because t- nearly 20 years later i'm i'm still doing it um and um yeah i've learned from 
you know the experience of uh, of just doing it in terms of running a business so um yeah that's my that's my background uh, if you like um where it's where it stemmed from brilliant thank you very much and i think actually that's something i'd like to kind of come to i think later in the discussion actually about about your you know your commercial awareness and your business and and being a uh i say a freelancer but having your own business and, and i think that stems through the huge amount of the conversations we've had in the past and i hope i'm sure it'll come through today about you know the idea of the concept of running your own business and what that gives you the, the challenges and and also the opportunities but before i get to all that i've got a really important question first up which of course is something we always ask all of our interviewees which is what is your favorite dish james my favorite dish without question is fish and chips it has to be oh. fish and chips um it's very british but i just love fish and chips uh, but it has to have, uh, just like you have to have targeted traffic to a website, it has to have salt and vinegar. It doesn't work without salt and vinegar. Um, and your feelings good. about the mushy pea? Um, I, I, I try them on the odd occasion, but no, I'm, I, I traditionally like cod, chips, salt and vinegar and some tartar sauce. Uh, and that's me that's sorted. Like maybe a little bit of, maybe a slice of bread with a bit of butter. So you can put a few Ooh. chips in there as well with a bit of fish, but it's very indulgent. But um, yeah, you can't beat fish and chips. Perfect. Completely agree. Man of the people. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the best, the best, the best of English cuisine. I, I, I love it as well. That's fantastic, isn't it? And mushy peas, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. The bread and butter. So mine sort of northern family roots, I think, because it always has to be bread and butter, you see. It's, it's my dad does every time, but wonderful. Well, that, what a fantastic answer. I like that. Um, so I'm going to, you, you've already started with this, James, as I'm sure you would, but I, we were going to ask a fundamental question first up, which was, um, why do we need a website at all? If I'm in a business, um, if I'm doing any sort of uh, adventure out there, or venture, why do I need a website? That's the sort of first fundamental question I think we, we should uh, start with and start to explore. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, and it's a question, why should be a question you ask for every area of your business anyway um, and get clarity uh, on, on why you're doing anything that you're doing because then if you if you follow your passion I will answer the question in a second if you follow your passion in what you're doing it all just falls into place and doesn't feel like work um, but yeah why should you have a website uh, very good question um, it's the only freehold you have on the internet mm. so every every other platform every other channel to market uh, you know your Facebook's YouTube um, Twitter, Instagram, it's all great stuff. But every single profile you have on those platforms are leasehold. You're within the terms of conditions of a, uh, of a big corporate company. Mm. They can do and will continually change the goalposts. So if you build your entire business model uh, from an online point of view or online presence around those platforms and uh, think, well, I don't need a website because I can engage directly on Twitter and I can get someone off Twitter and onto a phone call. Yes, you can do that. Yes, you can do that on Facebook, but you can't automatically follow up and nurture properly without building a list. You know, a lot of people say, you know, from a business point of view, the money's in the list. Well, I say I agree with that to a point. The money's in the relationship you build with your list. And you quite simply can't build a list properly without having your own website. And a lot of people, so, so in answer to the question, control. Your website is your only freehold 
on the internet, everything else is leasehold. And the way I the way I think you should consider it is from an from an from analogy point of view. When you're on other platforms like you know Twitter and Facebook, you're walking around the shopping centre with your leaflets. Your leaflet has the detail um, of where your shop is, and your shop is your website, and that's your freehold. That's the bit you have more control over than just the leaflet. So um, yeah, control in answer to the question. Um, yeah. Okay. So. If I have a website, do I absolutely, I don't have to, sell, could I have a website and actually sell off Facebook? Yeah, that absolutely. You, thing to do? Yeah, you can, you, you can, I mean, I know platforms like Shopify and things you can run through Facebook and you can, you know, you've got Facebook marketplace and yeah, yeah you can, you can do all of these cool things, but the one thing to think about all the time when you're doing these things is control because you don't have full control if you're building your business solely around a platform without having your own online real estate yeah so, I guess particularly if you're selling actually if they suddenly change the goalposts and you're in the middle of a selling process then that's going to really be a bit of a problem absolutely and from a from a selling from a funnel from a selling funnel point of view again you haven't got the level of control you'd have over a, a bespoke website um because you don't own it and you, you you haven't built it or you haven't had it built for you um and you can't do exactly what you want to do with it so it gives you the most amount of uh control and if if you're driving traffic to a website and building a list and then facebook changes the goalpost and doesn't allow you to do that anymore you still have your list yeah if you have built your entire business around a facebook group or a facebook page and then for whatever reason facebook goes oh no you're not allowed an account anymore you you uh, that I, I didn't like what you posted at 2:41 a.m. mr trump <laughs> um you're not allowed you're not allowed that account anymore um that's it you, you you've had well, it they do that and you built You've still got your audience. You've still got your reach. Yep. yep, that's a very good point. But it does mean that we we now, because we've got this collateral now, this piece of website space, it means we have to look after it, don't we? We can't just launch it and then just never look at it again. Absolutely, it is a it's a starting point. Um, there, there there is a myth um, that you, you you build your website and they and, and people come and it's it's not it's a starting point that you then have to push out there and and keep fresh you know that's where blogging yeah. works really well um, and, and yeah absolutely it's a starting point and from a from a maintenance point of view from a content point of view and from a maintenance point of view from a functionality point of view it needs maintaining it's a starting point um, you know you wouldn't go and buy a brand new car and then not service it or not MOT it and expect it to run, um, you know, really sweetly for, for years to come when you're not looking after it. Um, and, um, you know, like a car over time, it dates and it ne you, need a, you need a refresh because, yeah, you know, new things come along and, and new ways of new channels to market and new approaches that you can't do with that, uh, you know, that original Car, That's actually a really car. good reason for using a professional person to do it for you, isn't it? Because actually, if you do it yourself, I mean, you can do it yourself on all these platforms, but then you're possibly not keeping it up to speed as a sort of front end and up in front of the curve of change as you possibly should be. 
Absolutely. And also, um, yeah, completely echo that, Sally. And also uh, it goes back to the original question of control. You know, when you when you use a, a DIY templated system, there's, there's, there's two things going on here. It's a template and you're trying to shoehorn your your message into a template where you look very similar to lots of other people because it's a template um, and you don't own it. You know, if you're buying a, 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 plat a DIY platform where you pay for a subscription, you stop paying for that subscription, you lose that website. You're, you're, you, you've got you've got more control than you would on a on a on a social platform, but you're you're leasing that website. You have a PCP on that website. You have you're renting that website. You don't own it. You have not gone out and gone. Here's my cash. I want to buy that car and own it until I don't want it anymore. Yeah, so that is interesting. I think people don't necessarily recognise that when they do it, when they do do it themselves that it's not theirs. Yeah, I think you do feel that it is yours because you've put all the work into it. You've launched mm -hmm. it. You've got a domain name. And you think, oh, that's mine. And it, I think possibly I would not have recognised that actually it's not mine at all. No, you might own the domain name. Yeah, but, yeah. If, you uh, but if you if you stop paying for your subscription, um, yeah. that doesn't matter much, very very much because <laughs> it matters in the sense that you can you can take the domain name and then build a website that's or have someone build a website for you that is actually yours. So you haven't lost your brand, but in the meantime, you're going to a four hundred four error page and you look like you've gone out of business. So yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because I I think. Um, with looking at this and going back to the yeah what as you said James that the key the key question is why and why that pervades everything here why you need a website why you need control but also why you need a particular type of website what it is you're actually trying to do because I think conversations we've had where we look back to again the sort of the um, you know I mean we've used the analogy of a, a shop window for I mean our, our handbag example that we always go into we've got our handbag shop in the Cotswolds somewhere and we've, we've got a shop window with the handbags in the front we bought perhaps or, or perhaps we're renting perhaps we're leasing actually a, a shopping space but we we have our shop window there effectively yes. and then we actually go on on digital and, and we and we buy we get a, a website built for us but again I mean all, all of this, the understanding of, you know, having control over, over your, your space, but also what you're using it for. I mean, do you find that people come along with, as we've already said, you know, the, the, there's a presumption that, you know, you have a website which you own, your, your piece of freehold on the internet. Uh, you you have something that looks nice and you've set it up and it's 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 out there. Your people, you have your domain, your nice domain, cotswoldhandbags.co.uk, whatever. And, and that's almost the end of the story. But but do you find that people have to right back at the very, very, very beginning, understand why they are doing this in the first place and what they're hoping to achieve? What are their overall, what's their strategy for the website? But what are, what are they measuring success by the, by how the website performs as well? How are they measuring that? What do they have a really clear idea of what they need a website to actually do for them in, in the long run? That's a, that's a really it's multiple questions in one, but that's there I'll is try and so many questions. <laughs> no, I do apologise. <laughs> it's all good stuff. Um, yeah, it, it depends who you're talking to. Some people have very have clarity. They literally they think right. This is where I want my business to be. These are the figures. These are here are the margins. This is what I want to do. Some people have absolute clarity, and they want you to build a website that will that will deliver that as quickly as possible. Uh, or in track with, uh, in line with the growth that they want from their business. Um, by contrast, some people 
have a have a, a general idea of what they want to do with their business. Um, that's that's harder to build a bespoke website for because you're trying to get clarity of what someone needs. Um, and it's it's going back to the question of it, you know, look it looking nice and and the shop the shop front and everything. Ultimately, it, it needs to do a job. So I, I don't know about um, yourselves, but you know, I've been to many websites in the past where I, I land on the website and I think, wow, this looks nice. What a work of art. Um, I've got no idea what they do, but it looks great. Um, <laughs> and, and that's no good either. So it's, it's, it's trying to find um, the, the balance between function and form. That's the age old question of function and form. And it has to do, it has to do a job. And I think from a growth point of view, when people are too hung up on a set budget for something without really understanding what they're going to get from it, that is a sort of, it's an educational thing where you're trying to sort of say, look, if, if I could find, if I could show you a way to turn 50p into a pound via a business model and via a funnel and via doing this and it's all it's pretty proven and it's yeah there's an element of risk there is with anything you do uh within business but generally speaking using proven proven mechanisms proven systems proven fundamentals of marketing if you could turn a 50p into a pound every time you spent 50p would you reinvest as you grow and once somebody says yes then you've got a, a sustainable win-win mutually beneficial um, relationship because they understand the value of reinvesting a percentage. It's much better to have um, a bigger 80% than a smaller 100%. So if, if someone's approaching a website build with a, okay, I want as much as possible for as little as possible. And then I've ticked a box and uh, it's what I'm supposed to do because everyone's telling me it's what I'm supposed to do, but my heart's not in it then they don't get it. They don't, you know, the internet is the biggest level playing field for businesses ever. That's interesting. That is interesting. So actually you do have to, if you're going to have a website, you need to invest time and thought in it. You can't just, it's not just an advertising front page, is it? You have to have some depth. So you may not have to put up 101 blogs a year and it's you know great de depth but you've got to make a change occasionally so it's got some transition transition and b you've got to recognize that your audience have got to be able to navigate around it properly they've got to be able to find the till really easily absolutely you know make it make it easy for somebody to buy stuff you know yep. <laughs> it's it's you know it's um it's applying proven principles of business and marketing to that to that channel really because um, it's astonishing it, how often you do go to websites where finding the buying bit is almost impossible it'll be in some little hamburger somewhere that you've got to find anyway because they've done it cream on white and that's always a brilliant idea and then, then there's a choice <laughs> of you know contact us find when we open find our address and there's no effing till Yes. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it de it depends on your it depends on your business, of course. Playing devil's advocate, um, if you've got a business where something's bespoke. So, what I do on my site is I have a um, a consultation. So people can pay sixty pounds for a consultation for an hour, um, and then we can explore 
what their needs are from a business point of view and after exploring that's when you know i can i can come up with a uh, a quote from an investment point of view but when you've got a business model like that it's hard to sort of put a you know a package for a website together when you don't know what someone's needs are you know i i think these packaged websites a little bit like the subscriptions um don't quite work if you really want to nail it because I don't know what you need till I talk to you. So how can I? My, my, my offering is exactly the same. I, you're, I have to know exactly what they're looking for and how I can help them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it depends on the business. If you're selling something where there is a package behind it, then don't hide it because, you, you know, you, you're you have to be committed and know your worth and um, be, be happy to put that out there. You know, and if a, if a competitor uses that against you so be it that's business and you know you, you you've 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 got to make it easy for someone to make an informed decision and i think exactly. i think the challenge uh, the reason the reason i put that consultation there actually if, if i may just touch on this um a few years ago i was finding from a capacity point of view i was running out of week i was running out of hours i was having lots and lots of meetings with people who it turns out we're picking my brains because they wanted to try and do their own thing. And, and that, that's, you know, that's okay. But I didn't have time for that from, from valuing my own time. So I started to charge for a consultation and it literally almost overnight halved my meetings and doubled my conversions. Last year I had a, a, a customer and I said, from a feedback point of view, this is, this is absolutely fantastic that we're going ahead I know this is going to be a win-win sustainable relationship because I know what I'm doing from a website point of view. You know what you're doing from a business point of view. This is you know, match made in heaven. We're going to, we're going to, you know, world domination, stroke a white cat and all that stuff. It was all very, it was all very good. But I said to, I said to them, you know, why did you choose me from a feedback point of view? Cause I'm really interested. And he said, you were the only person that charged for me to talk to. Oh, that's so I came to you because you charged me to have a conversation um, and nobody else was doing that. And therefore I thought, well, you value your time and must be very confident in, in you're, you're either deluded or you really know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah, uh, hopefully it's the latter. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> really good. I mean, it's that value proposition really, isn't it? As you say, I mean, yeah. you, immediately you are, you're, you're getting across to people that a you need to know properly what they need because there's no point wasting each other's time in, yeah. in 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 talking about stuff where you know you're giving away your time particularly you know in your own your own business where you and your insights are so much the product effectively aren't they the service that you, you've got to have that and, and 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 understand that you know it is what again it is also mentality but it is worth investing in isn't it i mean as you're speaking before james about is something actually worthwhile it's worthwhile investment and it's some it's a journey you want to go on and so effectively you are starting that way aren't you absolutely and and you know i i i wave that i wave that 60 pounds if we go ahead with something and if we don't go ahead someone walks away with you know 20 years worth of experience and knowledge to do with what they will you know which is about three pound a year which is a a, a bargain in fact I need to look at that I think it's underpriced um <laughs> you know it's it's yeah it is about value and don't get me wrong if somebody if someone on a social channel asks a question or wants an input or an opinion on something of course you know I, I'm generous with my knowledge and I will give that out but it's 
if someone wants to speak to me for an hour about a website, that's when that that it, that is a consultation at that point. And I think that's that's fair to them. It's fair to me. And it's fascinating how much more people listen to what you're saying when they're paying for it versus not paying for it as well. Um, yeah, people really do, do pay attention. Um, and so they get more from it because of that. Absolutely. Because to be honest, the website needs to be part of their entire marketing strategy. It's not just a little one offer. That's the website thing. I'll put it over there. It needs they should be talking to you about their entire marketing strategy. It's going to fit into this kind of shape. It's not just a one off over there in the corner. We can just ignore it occasionally. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm I'm. I'm very much an ambassador for a lot of other business businesses where where there are you know people who are experts in their field and during that conversation during that consultation I can sort of think about other people that would be of benefit to them and their business based on their their overarching needs not just the website and you know at the end of the day a website is just a tool it is just to reinforce what you're saying well bc <laughs> reinforce what you're saying offline but on the minute we're all online but um yeah real conversations with people um you know it's to reinforce unless you're selling batteries and someone just wants to know where they can buy the cheapest day a batteries and you really don't need a relationship for that um if it's b2b it's supposed to reinforce what you're doing and the relationships you're building not be instead of and that's where people go wrong they think, right, I don't, I, I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. I will just advertise a website and hopefully I'll get enough business without having to, and I'll just hide behind my computer. Worst thing you can do, it should be reinforcing what you're doing with the relationships you've got and nurturing those relationships. A lot of people have got are quite hung up over automation. So emails and things like that um, and, and, and publishing, you know, um, uh, broadcasting, you know, a hint or tip online or anything. When when you're engaging online, you should be, well, I've answered my own question saying that, you should be engaging online. You shouldn't be just broadcasting. But if broadcasting something at four o'clock in the afternoon makes sense for your audience, does it really make any difference whether at four o'clock you put your, you put your timer on your iPhone and thought, oh, it's 3.59, right, send. Or you scheduled it to send at four o'clock. It makes no difference. So people, no. there's that fine line between sort of bots and automation where, an in, where engagement from automation is trying to replace human engagement, which a lot of the time goes too far, um, and automation where it doesn't matter that it's automated. So don't, you know... Uh, don't have a I my advice to people would be don't have a hang up about automation if you do it in the right way and I think that's the applies to lots of things actually I think that's right I and mean, I think to be honest it's better to have an automated nurturing system so uh, an email flow post purchase yeah. or pre-purchase or wherever they've got in their funnel than having nothing at all it's better Absolutely. to do automate it rather than you go oh I've tried that once it takes too long I won't bother Absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's about having systems and processes to give you the time back yeah. to be able to spend the time nurturing relationships. It's the whole thing is, it goes full circle. Well, that's exactly there are some it. bots that do really, really annoy me. I can't, I just can't, I'm, and I'm sure I may have to change my mind at some point. I can't be doing 
with those bots that take up possibly a quarter of the screen with mm -hmm. a little thing saying, I'm Sharon, can I help you? And I'm thinking, you would be able to help me if you just disappeared because you're using up three quarters of the screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and they're, yeah, they, uh, uh, if, if you use a chatbot as a journey with fixed yes, no-y type questions and it makes sense for that audience, then it, it can absolutely work. If someone's yeah. looking for a tool, for example, um, to use for email marketing and, and a journey bot, not and I, that's why I'm using the phrase journey that's bot, not chat box. It's not, you're not chatting to a, a bot. Yeah, exactly. They're not bot. talking to a human. They're not going to be able to answer my questions. Yeah, exactly. But a journey bot that gives an alternative way to um, arrive at a solution um, that doesn't require a conversation, that's okay. When they start to be used to replace a conversation with a human being, in my opinion, that's when they fall flat. And it's very frustrating. You know, I've had it where I've been trying to talk to the bank and, and you can tell the chatbot is not is not cut out when I say, you know, and they say, how can I help you? And I'm like, I'd like to speak to a human, please. And they just, they don't know what to do. <laughs> this is fascinating, actually, because I, I, was, I was doing a sort of, uh, I think a bit of a LinkedIn learning thing yesterday. And it was talking all about this, the latest uh, um, updates in chatbots and AI. And, and I think everyone's really about, about this this point of understanding what is it that AI can actually give to us, you know, what, what and I think you make something up well, James, in terms of saying as a tool, like a website as a tool uh, and, 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 and AI being a tool, it's not being a replacement for, for the human being. And also, I think in the marketer's brain or, or business owner's brain, it's this idea, again, as you say, about relationships, developing relationships, because you've got Facebook who are going into more of a we want to create meaningful relationships and groups and, and not just be sharing loads of stuff. Twitter, who are now saying you can broadcast without comments. You can have comments within certain groups of who, who you're talking to in your audience. And people are trying to sort of get to the point where, again, you kind of get to the, um, I guess, trying to, the technology always evolves and the humanity sort of stays the same in a way. Well, this is something I always come back to. We, we stay the same, but technology charges on. We try to get technology to do all this amazing stuff for us, like with websites, like with chatbots, AI bots and things. But ultimately, I think it sort of leaps ahead and then it almost comes back on itself and says, ah, yeah, but we sort of got away from what we're trying to actually do here. I think the technology has gone too far. It needs to come back to a sensible place. Absolutely. It goes full circle and it's kind of, it's interesting. Um, younger people now, um, I, I've seen seen things on Facebook and everything where, where there's like, teenagers and things are fascinated by these mobile printers where they can you know connect via bluetooth a little printer to their phone and print out a physical picture of of something on their phone and you just think isn't that interesting because we were doing that 30 years ago with a polaroid we had cameras yeah we had actual cameras and it's it's nothing quite beats the physical touch of something and you know and that's why from, from a marketing point of view, a little bit like I was saying about my consultation, I tend to look at marketing and think, okay, what is everybody doing? I'll do the opposite. And that, it, do, it, does, it does work to a point. You know, you, you can stand up, you know, if someone's, um, you know, if you're building a list, for example, and, you know, you're, you're, you've got a cross-sell or an upsell uh, service, you know, a very clever strategy in building a list is, you know, instead of sending out an ebook, 
sell someone a physical book for a pound you know that that physical book might have a cost to you or a lost leader of four pounds or whatever including the delivery but that it will do two things a they will physically receive something through the post which is different to to what everybody else is doing and arguably has more value because it's tangible that you can hold it it's physical but B, you've um, you've integrated a payment system from that pound. So when you have your new offer come along and you say, just buy here, just press buy here, you don't. They've bought, and you you overall you make your money back. And there's so from a strategy point of view, it's not sort of ignoring what's going on, but just take a step back. You know, when you get when a service comes along or a shiny new object and you think this is the latest, greatest thing, look at it in context to the overall picture of marketing, the overall picture of your business and your objectives and say, is this shiny new object going to add value or likely to add value if it develops as a tool or not? Um, And just monitor what's going on a little bit with with that sort of um, sub industry. And that's where I'm coming back, coming from with the chatbot thing. You know, there there is absolutely a place for them as long as they're not trying to replace a human having a conversation because that's, that's when they right. yeah that's right i mean that, i like them but you're right if they because to be honest you have to remember that behind them there's just a list of answers for yeah. questions that they're hoping we're going to ask yeah it's just 21st century faqs yeah, yeah exactly that's exactly what they are that's it isn't it and again it's sort of uh, these guys were saying on this video yesterday that you know there are these things now where they're they're trying to the latest californian tech show they were showing that there's these like these you know, would look like we're looking on on this Zoom call now that you actually see a a person who looks real, sounds real. They're trying to put in you know this very sophisticated AI technology that allows people to come up with ums and ahs in in responses and things. You think, but well, I can absolutely see that falling flat on its face because after a while, as you say, you don't want to be feel that you're duped. If you're if you're uh, talking to uh, if you're supposed to have a relationship with a it could just be a simple service provider like your broadband. But if you know that there's something there, they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes and say, I'm a real person. I'm I'm Jackie and Stoke, and I'm talking to you about what you need to do in a achieve and you know they were even yeah. saying about putting in things where you might put in observations about say the weather or, or or oh gosh you know isn't it tricky with the current pandemic and things like that it's like the idea you, you imagine this loss of of trust which again is the crucial element in all this isn't it? any relationship any yeah. buying relationship trust is at the heart of it so you've got to understand how to use the tool the, but absolutely with the faqs this guy said that actually the best thing is if you if you are if you do have a battery website and you're trying to understand what voltage of battery do i need or or how can i buy them more cost effectively or sort of simple sort of commodity based kind of questions which could be answered with a piece of technology a chatbot which says yeah ask your question here you go it's a it's the technology is being used in a smooth effective way to get to your answer but it's yeah. not trying to be something else that it's not isn't it and exactly and and, and call it a chatbot yeah because uh, or, or, or a journey, but I prefer journey bot, but, but for the sake of the conversation, call it a chat bot. You know, when you go on a website and it says chat bot and free FAQs, and it's just a journey to an answer, you know, via a different mechanism, fine. They're saying it as it is. When, when a website or a tool presents itself as live chat and it's a chat bot, that's not cool. Yeah, because that's that is where actually trust, lying to you. Yeah, that's where the trust gets lost because yeah, you think exactly. you're talking to a human and you very quickly realize you're not. Um, and yeah, that's not good. That's yeah. not good. So, yeah, they have they have their place, absolutely. Um, 
like everything and everything as my old gran used to say everything in moderation so thanks very much to James there for that fascinating conversation. I can promise you there's an awful lot more to come in part two. Uh, we do use a number of car analogies if you're into your cars, but uh, hopefully they, they do really explain what we're trying to get to. And, and we look at the um, the investment that you should put into a website and, and also the sort of expertise that's required and what is required to realise return on a website, how you're measuring its effectiveness um, and what are the real commercial um, aspects that you should be looking at in terms of your website because ultimately it's got to uh, pay the bills, it's got to uh, to earn its, its worth, earn its keep and uh, and how, how should you be doing that, how can you look at that and what are the ways that um, you can hopefully improve your web presence uh, into the future. So please do join us for part two. If you have any questions or, or any other observations about this then you can tweet at me and pod as usual and um, well we hope that you will come back and join us when the next episode comes out very shortly thank you very much everybody take care and uh, hopefully see you soon bye for now